Welcome to the Unseen Realm with Paul Renfro and friends. I'm your host, Paul Renfro, and with me are dear friends and mature people who are studying the scripture together about living as a spirit. We're using the scriptures in my book, Nobody Sees This You, How to Live as a Spirit in the Unseen Realm. It's available at ParadigmLighthouse.com. That link is in the show notes. You're welcome to get a copy, but you can just follow along. We'll have a whiteboard that has the excerpts and the Bible verses we'll be discussing. But it's the tagline that probably drew you to this presentation. Finally, a Bible explanation for what you are experiencing. Because all of us in this group are like you. We have been through this process of having that itch inside that nobody could scratch. But instead of giving up or just taking it as part of the norm, we each have pursued God and found that He could scratch that itch. When strange things keep happening in you and in your life circumstances, don't you feel deep down that there is something, some way, somehow, some, somebody in an unseen world that is active and maybe even determinative in this visible present world and maybe in your life? Well, you aren't crazy. That is happening to more and more people, and we know because it's happening to us as well. So we know for a fact that it is God agitating people to draw near to him. And that's not an easy process. So we welcome you to join in. That's what we're discussing tonight. Please give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down because your comments are welcome. And the show notes will tell you how to contact me directly. Now, my friends and I, thank you for joining us. It's a privilege to talk about these things with each other and to include you. We're taking one Bible passage at a time that's used in my book, Nobody Sees This You, How to Live as a Spirit in the Unseen Realm. And so first, I read the scripture, and then we read the short excerpt about that scripture from the book. And then our group discusses it together, and I'm sure you'll find that to be not only fascinating, but also relevant to your own questions. So let's get started. We're going to begin with a statement that Jesus made about spirit, living as a spirit, and particularly one of our most important functions as a spirit, and that is worship. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said you have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. In that, you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus answered, The woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Now, let's begin with an excerpt from the book. Nobody sees this you, how to live as a spirit in the unseen realm. This excerpt is from chapter one. The title, Nobody Sees This You, expresses the mysteriousness of your spirit. You will read of a secret intimacy possible for you with God Almighty. Wherever your spirit is in the maturing process, God sees you. The God of Jesus Christ calls you into a new intimacy with him and gives you the capability for that. 
as this maturity occurs, your fellowship as a spirit with other living spirits will render the title of this book thing of the past. You will be seen and known and loved. You'll be safe. Now, this book will prompt many questions. Our discussion tonight will prompt many questions. Be at ease. Write them down or make a mental note of them if you want to. You can join our online discussion group in the show. And there's discussion questions in the book. So if you do acquire a copy of the book, that prompts your own thinking and gives you an opportunity to explore in more depth with other people. But if you will look at your questions and your underlying motivations, what will you find? Well, if you're like most people, you might find insecurity. You might find fear. You might even find shame about yourself. And the funny thing about shame is it pretends to be secret, but everybody has it. And you, we talk about shame freely without fear because Jesus Christ has provided remedy. So be at ease. In the following pages, you can expect that your security with God the Father will grow because he has orchestrated your intimacy with him beginning before the foundation of the world. Make every effort to settle yourself on that fundamental issue of security with God Almighty. Then your questions will gain a much different feeling, joy and discovery, rather than shame and insecurity. Now, such security with God will open your understanding as you proceed through this and the remaining eight books of the Unseen series. This excerpt comes from page two of chapter one in the book, Nobody Sees This You, How to Live as a Spirit in the Unseen Realm. Now, let's go back up to what Jesus said. Take a few minutes to consider it. First of all, when he, the woman is a Samaritan and she's ostracized within her society because she is essentially a serial bigamist. She's had five husbands. She's living with a man that's not her husband. And if you have been in a situation like that where marriage has been a rough road for you, well, guess what? The funny thing is that Jesus sought this woman out. He actually came to this spot where he knew that she would be the only person because of being ostracized. Like we talked about, you're safe with the Lord Jesus so that any disappointments you've brought here to this point in your life, he has a way of, of solution. He is the way to solution. He's the only way. He actually said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is important to deal with ourselves honestly. I have my failings. Everybody in our group has their failings. And you have your failings. Hey, what's the big deal? Let's disarm shame and just name it and maim it, I say. So he deals with her on this basis of truthfulness. And that's very important. Later on, he does say that we'll worship the Father and Spirit and the truth. And of course, true thinking is included in that. But of more importance in the context is not true thinking, but truth with ourselves, truth about our failings, the truth that makes us, gives us a condition that he described as blessed in the Beatitudes in one of our other podcasts. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now you expect Jesus to say blessed are the rich in spirit, but he doesn't say that because he's not talking about the high and mighty. He's talking about you and me and the rest of us on this call. And so it's very comforting that when he talks about worshiping God in spirit and in truth, he's talking to somebody who's been ostracized by her entire society. That really is comforting to me and perhaps to you as well. Well, before we open it up for discussion with our friends, there's a couple of other things that deserve to be mentioned. He plainly says that people around the world worship what they do not know. 
That's right here in verse 22. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. And the Apostle Paul goes into this in some depth. If God is a spirit, how are we going to know about him? We can't figure it out with our minds as much as we might like to. But heck, in our society, we're materialistic and naturalistic. Our teachers and scientists mostly believe in a closed universe where God is not permitted except to explain things they can't explain. Well, okay, that's the way it is. That's all right. If people like that have made you feel a little weird because you thought really there might be an unseen world, Uh, Join the club, but you're not alone, uh, that I assure you. And so how is God going to make himself known? How is he going to find worshipers in spirit and in truth? He has to start somewhere, and he started with one particular people, and that is the children of Abraham through Isaac. So you find that throughout the Bible, the Jews were first. However, if you're not Jewish, that doesn't mean you're secondary. doesn't mean you're inferior. It just means you're next. And so Jews first and then everybody else. And that's how it worked. That's why we have a Bible, because the Jews were the people of the book. In fact, a really compelling book about that was written by historian Thomas Cahill. And that's the title of it, The People of the Book. So Jesus plainly says salvation is of the Jews. We're broadcasting this at a time when the Jewish nation is in the news, and we don't need to make political commentary at all in this setting. But what Jesus says to the woman that's been ostracized by everybody else is very potent. It's potent for you and for me and everybody today, because he's saying the same thing to us. When he says in verse 23 of John chapter 4, the hour is coming and now is. So whatever else happened around the world and in history, now is your time and now is our time. There, in fact, God is always in now. He is the God who was, who is, and is to come. He is the God of past, present, and future. You can never be out of his reach or in his history or in his plans. You're, he's, he's interested in you right now. And what does Jesus say? The Father is seeking you and me and the rest of us in this group to worship him. He is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, let's bear that in mind, and let's hear what our conversation goes to. Rebecca, I see you thinking deep. You say in the book that um, we have to be born again, um, and that is how we we are reborn as a spirit, that we become a spirit through the birth that Jesus provides for us. And because we have that new spirit, we have access to the knowledge of the spirit world, and we gain that through God teaching us through his spirit. Um, And I think that's really cool. We also, of course, gain it through reading the Bible. It stands alone, obviously, but his sheep hear his voice and he is teaching us Mm. constantly and leading us into all truth. So we can be more aware of those realities as he guides us. Oh, boy. And what does he say? My sheep hear my voice. John chapter 10, I think it is. Well, Lynn, Brian, uh, what are your thoughts about uh, worshiping in spirit and truth and his interaction with the woman at the well? For me, I always thought about this text being that the gospel was more than just for the Jews, you know, because they asked him yes. why he was talking to those, because the Samaritans were hated a lot by the Jews. Oh, very well put. It seemed to be at this point he's breaking out from the, the message of being for Jews, but for being for those, even the most despised people who could mm-hmm. be true worshipers in spirit, regardless of their background or where they've been or sin they've been in. So I think it gives a lot of hope. Oh, seriously. Well, your life is a testimony. Of course, I know the details and we don't need to mention it here. Yes, absolutely. I <laughs> anyone, so that's good. <laughs> 
<laughs> and has. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, it still is, right? So, uh, Lundy, how about you? What are your thoughts about this? Oh, I just thought it was so beautiful how he sought out the, the woman at the well. And like you mentioned, she had been ostracized by the entire society. There's nothing for us to fear as far as um, mm. our encounters with him. It's so beautiful. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, aren't you glad? Uh, of course, like I said, we don't need to be making political statements. But this passage really raises the the issue where Jesus himself says that salvation is from the Jews. And so uh, who would like to comment on that? Because that's a current topic right now. And uh, without making political statements or referencing the news, which will be outdated perhaps when people see this, what what would you all like to say about that subject? When you look back in, in the Old Testament and how God dealt with the Jews almost 2,000 years of blessing them and then having them stray and mm -hmm. then he punishes them mm -hmm. and you bring that to today and it can't help but wonder where is the country or the the jewish people where are they at today in their relationship mm -hmm. with god and is this going to be a time of punishment or when he's going to be rescuing them as he's done so many times and it just blows my mind that we're seeing the replication of many things that happened in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to not think about it. And so many people are absolutely convinced that we're in the last days. Mm -hmm. So and, many people are. Uh, maybe the Lord will return before I have to edit this. <laughs> not to be Sorry. trivial editing is super easy i mean it is super easy you we can mess up any way you want to it doesn't make any difference but anyway <laughs> that is a beautiful thing i do know that the prophetic voices around the world are unified i heard one yesterday at church a man named jim lafoon and all these people are in touch with each other who are prophetically influential and the leaders of my church which is vision church at christian international and many other churches who are prophetic and prophetically trained and uh, validated by common sense and good wisdom and and widespread respect they all agree that we're on the verge of the greatest revival in history and that a large part is aimed at the restoration and salvation of Jews because Jewish people, just like Jesus said to Nicodemus, I mean, Nicodemus was a leader of the Jews. And yet Jesus said to him, you can't see the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again. So the ethnic identity is not the determining factor. How are we born again through faith in Jesus Christ? And that's what Jesus made very plain when he said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And that's John 14, verse 6. So Jesus was unapologetic about his unique place in our relationship with God. However, that applies to Jews as well. Just like he swore over and over in the Old Testament, my loyalty will never leave my people. But then Paul says, not all 
Israel is Israel. And so it's a mixed bag. It's like the church. Now that you mention it, because if you're a listener, you know, you've been in churches and you got to wonder if some of those people in that church are really Christians. I've had pastors I really wondered about. Well, you know what? It's easy to give people the benefit of the doubt when I look in the mirror. And that's a good policy, by the way, to take. Because otherwise, if you point one finger at somebody else, you're pointing three back at yourself. We just have to be humble and meek about it. The point is, as we go back to what Jesus said, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So right in that statement alone, he takes it off of the ethnic table. He takes it off of the tribal basis. And he says, hey, it's fair game. So listener and viewer, if you're surrounded by for instance, persecutors who would like to kill you and poison you if you even mention the name of Jesus, you're not alone. But you can just bookmark this and listen in a private space sometime. That's been going on all around the world. And reports are that the nation with the fastest growing church is also the one with the most hostile government against Christians. And those reports have circulated for decades and decades. And I don't want to mention the country. Well, let's have some other remarks. Uh, Lisa, are you live with us? Are we able to hear you? Uh, Rebecca, what else would you like to piggyback on here? We got a few minutes on this scripture. I know that the scripture does talk about a partial hardening um, mm -hmm. of the person to Jews. Right. Um, so that um, that's Romans nine through eleven. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I just count myself as um, very thankful that we were given that chance. I do believe that um, God is a fair God and mm -hmm. that he gives a chance to everyone for salvation. So I don't know exactly how that plays out, practically speaking, but I definitely do believe they have a chance for that. It is kind of crazy to see what's going on in the world. And yeah. I, I also believe right now that we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and the Jews. I know that's, he says that, and he, he said he would never break his covenant with them. As well. That's right. There is a lot of prayer going on right now. In fact, if a listener is very concerned on this topic, I have a website to direct you to, and I'll put it in the show notes as well. And that is r911.org. R911 stands for Romans 911. And the leader of that website and ministry is Grant Berry. He is a Jew uh, birth and became a Christian. And he is a leader in helping bring unity between Messianic Jews and Gentile Christians so that we can operate as one combined force on the earth and very powerful. Well, I want to say to you, listener and viewer, we've had a provocative discussion, but we keep coming back to Jesus. Jesus is an authoritative person. It pays you uh, well to give close attention to the things that he says. We'll continue our discussion in the next episode of The Unseen Realm with Paul Renfro and his friends. In the show notes are the links mentioned as well as the whiteboard we used and the scriptures that we discussed. Now, you already know that our podcast and Bible discussion benefits from your thumbs up or thumbs down, right? So thanks for doing that, and we'll enjoy your participation. If you have questions or interest, you can use the contact form at ParadigmLighthouse.com to reach out to us.